Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning ducts. make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. All kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's no expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression is, God made man, then he made my 67 Corvette, <laughs> then he made a few firefighters. You're all crazy, thank God. The only people who run into flames to help other people. And they ran into flames to save my wife and save my 67 Corvette. <laughs> Not a joke. The smoke and the firefighters here can tell you sometimes smoke is so thick from the windows out, it was that thick inside the home. And we were, we were insured. We did not have any problem. But being out of our home for better part of a year was difficult. I can only imagine what it's like to lose your 67 Corvette. <laughs> Oh my god. He is so relatable. It just entire you're, life. You were muted there, Corey. That's <laughs> one of the most relatable presidents I've ever heard in my he life. Is, he's so relatable. He's an American treasure. He's a hero. He has, and it has a 67 Corvette. Imagine the man Joe Biden would be today had he lost that 67 Corvette that fateful day. My 67 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine where this country would be today had Joe Biden tragically lost his 67 Corvette on that that hor- in that horrible minor kitchen fire that is exactly the same as the Maui fires apparently. He can relate. He's just a relatable person, you know. It just he almost lost things to a fire and almost losing things to a fire is very relatable. To losing your entire livelihood and your family on an island in a very isolated area. Yeah. So it's Main Street Joe, Dan. We don't mean to laugh at the plight, obviously, of the folks who lost a lot in Maui, but I think you have to make humor out of the fact that Joe Biden is a 
fucking dunce cap. <laughs> I, just, I got a, I got a feeling that those are the his, can... his brain is so gone. He's not even the dunce wearing the cap. He's the actual dunce cap. My '67 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I saw this right, and like, you, you, you think CNN reported on this speech? Do they, here's the thing. Do, does the mainstream media even bother to follow Joe Biden around anymore? I think they do. I just don't think they comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Joe Biden is so relatable. Such a relatable guy, man. That He, he almost lost his 67 Corvette, and it is, it is almost the same thing as what happened in Maui. I see what he was trying to do there. Ugh, the guy is so out of touch. Dude. Main Street Joe, just a... Just a just now a, I see why they didn't rant. want him to go there. Now I see why it was pushed so hard to Now you see why? <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't it was not immediately clear to me <laughs> until to until that speech. Oh man, no. if I if I was in Maui right now, I would be like, there is absolutely no way this motherfucker is getting my vote. Like there's no reason for me to vote for this guy at this point. Dan, it's not it's not even necessarily a vote for him. It's a vote. It's a vote for my his. 67 Corvette. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We're going to vote for the Corvette. I probably would vote for his Corvette over him. Like if, if oh, his would Corvette you? were on the ticket against Joe Biden, I think I'd probably vote for the Corvette. I think it, the Corvette could probably do a better job relating to the people. It would do less harm. Uh, we had to start with that. I'm sorry. Like we just had to start with the complete out of touch senility of Joe Biden. That cuz that's that to me that speech that he gave in Maui was like his his Barack Obama can I get a glass of water moment? Like was that what that was to you? Cuz that's what that was to me. It's sad that this is just a blip. <laughs> because he said and done so many weird things. The guy just shuffles around. I feel like I feel like Secret Service isn't even trying to protect them from stray bullets or bullets aimed at him. They're just being spotters. Like you see at fucking planet rock when like a six year old is climbing the wall and they're just going, Whoa, Whoa. They're trying to make sure he doesn't hit his head. <laughs> they're, they're like the lifeguards at the city pool. That and just make yeah. sure Joe doesn't fall into the deep end. <laughs> Making sure he doesn't fall into the deep end, and also probably standing on a lot of chairs because they don't want to get bit by his dogs. <laughs> Or or run over while he's driving a 67 Corvette that didn't burn up in the fire. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God all those top secret documents were also safe. My 67 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Joe Biden's the, like, like maybe the least relatable president ever. Because at least the guys before him. I would even I would even consider him consider him less relatable than Donald Trump because Donald Trump is at least funny and being funny is at least relatable even though he's a you know a, a billionaire who's built the system forever at least he's funny people can relate to funny right yeah but I just can't relate to either of those blowhards <laughs> but it, it, it's sad I mean you know it, you know Barack Obama at the beginning was sort of the everyman you know. He was remember 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 how like Barack Obama. I don't know, Dad. I just can't relate to not paying a hundred Polish immigrants who helped build one of my skyscrapers. You can't relate to that. No, 
but he's funny. You can relate to funny. <laughs> he's a wannabe fucking Rat Pack guy from the fifties. <laughs> like he always thinks he's on stage with like, like uh, what's his face? Uh, oh my god, I can't believe I can't think of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. Jesus. Yeah, Sammy Davis Jr. Dean. No, Martin. Sammy Davis would have been kicked out of the Rat Pack. His skin's too dark for Joe. I was talking about Trump. Oh, either way. <laughs> yeah, Trump tries to be like this weird rat pack thing where he's like, hey, take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, know, he's like, that's what I'm saying. He's a he's a cheap impersonation of like a Rodney Dangerfield, you know, that weird 50s humor where they I take my wife everywhere, but she finds a way home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh anyway. That's just how we needed to start the show. Do you want you do you want to it was a I, uh, welcome to Libservative, another say, rounding, rousing rendition. Uh, that's Dan Griffin. <laughs> that's Corey Walsh. <laughs> Bella, the body snatcher on the ones and twos. You're really bad at that. I really need to not forget to do that ever again. I know. I told you I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> My 67 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as bad as that. Uh, yes, of course. Intellectuality, it's fostering political and cultural literacy. Uh, welcome into another rousing rendition of Libservative. All the things that Corey Walsh just said. We've already made fun of Joe Biden tonight. We got our fix in on that one. Uh, where Do we want to begin with the Republican debates or do we want to save that? I think we should start. I think we should start with the Republican debates. Sure. I just pulled my own. I just pulled the thing I always pull, was where, which is where I ask you a question and then just answer it. <laughs> I'm used to it. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we continue to watch these debates? And the answer is that they are—they're not. The media is not even trying to hide that these are just sporting events for nerds at this point. Because when yeah. I when I tuned into the, to the Republican debates last night, I could not help but notice the way that they started the show. Which was like that, like you said, Corey, in the pre-show with the with the, the they're zooming in with the, the fucking, drone, with the drone by Michael J. Fox, <laughs> and they're showing they're showing the big jumbotron and the the whatever the Bucks Arena is out there in Milwaukee, and uh, and it, it, you just, you hear Brett Bear come on like he's fucking Al Michaels, and welcome in to the 2024 Republican debates as we begin the journey to see who will take the White House. Next November, it's it's like it's fucking Monday Night Football. Everybody's got their popcorn ready, and that is exactly how this stupid thing played out. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but so you were you were busy that night, Dan. But I had Bell and uh, Bird over, and we did. We ordered pizza. We were doing shots. We were drinking beers, and we were watching it like it was a sporting event. Like when these fucking goofballs were up there digging into one of each other's or having a zinger. We were sitting there going, ah! <laughs> like, getting all, like, we we uh, we made a little drinking game that every time DeSantis said Florida, we had to do a shot. <laughs> you must have been hammered about 15 minutes in. We were a little inebriated. <laughs> that was a little inebriated. I was a little inebriated. My notes got uh, were being taken less and less as the night went on because I couldn't like we uh, couldn't really deal with it. Bright Nice is in the house. Mm, but he enjoyed the Republican debates. Yeah, I wonder if he watched it. Because <laughs> we sure as shit did. And it was a whole lot of just platitudes and pandering. 
Oh, dude, here's how you knew it was going to be platitudes and pandering. And this was Fox News's fault. They opened up by trying to like make Oliver Anthony like the the, the start of the debate. You see, you see how they just used Richmond? Yeah, like Richmond is. They're a, like, hey, everyone, before you say anything, Anthony. listen to this song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't even play the whole song. <laughs> well, what I what I couldn't help but think was like, oh my god. The people on the stage, besides maybe Vivek Ramaswamy, everybody else is the are the rich men north of Richmond that he's fucking singing about yeah. in the song. Oh, Vivek, Vivek would still be considered a rich man north of Richmond. That guy's a billionaire. You know what I mean? Like I, I know it. he's not a political pundit. He's an outsider, but all of them, every single one on that stage was what he's singing about. It's like when, remember when Paul Ryan said that his favorite band was Rage Against the Machine? When, <laughs> when he's the machine that they're raging against? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, was, yep. it gave me that vibe. It gave me that vibe. All the Quick way update on the Oliver Anthony stuff, though, because we we went in pretty depth into him last week, you know. And uh, when we were on the show last week talking about him, we I was talking about whether or not his songs would actually have legs, or if it was just because like it was astroturfed to get it up to stardom, but it has legs and it's continuing to go. Versus like the Jason Aldean song that like peaked and then dropped within like a week off the top, like like being the top song or whatever. When we talked last week, I mentioned how Richmond North of Richmond had uh, it went from like less than a million downloads to like five million in like three days. Mm-hmm. Since last week to this week on Spotify, it's up to twenty million downloads. And the guy has the guy claims. Now I don't know him from fucking Ramaswamy or any of those people, but he claims that uh, he's been turning down like eight million dollar contracts and things like that. He doesn't want to be rich. He just likes to make his music, and he's just a simple boy from Farmville, Virginia. That's what makes it fun because he's a man that actually has principles, unlike anybody on the fucking Republican stage. Last, yeah, of course, for now. But it's like, okay, Corey, we feel like we're men of principle. If some like podcast promoter came to us and offered us eight million dollars tomorrow, would what would we say? <laughs> Uh, can I get that in twenties? No, hundred <laughs> percent. So he's more principled than we are. Yeah, I know. We like to try to pretend that. Yeah, and then another interesting thing that I found about that song is like, so it's the song has completely fucked my algorithms up on TikTok and stuff like that, right? Because you know, I was looking into seeing what people were saying about it, you know, because we were digging a little bit about uh that for for the purpose of our show, and. So now on my feed, I'm seeing a lot of people like like blue collar people and workers sharing lyrics from the song of like it'd be, it'd be like B roll footage, you know, of like a semi truck getting ready to take off a load, you know, and go somewhere. And all the people is uh, all the people that are sharing this song that are like that you would like that are blue. I don't want to say they're on the right, but you know, working class people, like people out in the rural areas in the country and stuff like that. And every single one of them is like sharing lyrics to the song for the video, but it's always the part where it's like working overtime hours for bullshit pay. Uh, You know, it's about the plight of the American worker. None of them are taking jabs at the, and using the obese uh, lines. And it's just interesting to me how the right is just 
either willfully ignoring or not resonating with the obese lines whatsoever. And they're just not even talking about that part. But people on the left are continually beating this song over like one stanza of the whole song. Well, I just found that interesting. That's something that the, that, that the synthetic left gets wrong all the time. It's they, they have this, they have this weird idea that like, folks that are on the cultural right don't give a shit about poor people. And it's like, talk about the politicians all day. Like, of course, Republican politicians they don't. don't give a shit about poor people. But like, I haven't really like, either. I haven't had a conversation with a, with too many just like normal everyday Joe conservatives that like don't give a shit about the fact that people are poor. They're, that, that's that's not really what, they're, they're, they're not sitting there and blaming their own plight on poor people which is what you would be led to believe if you're terminally online, if you're terminally on Twitter, if you're listening to people that are talking about this one line from Oliver Anthony's song about welfare. They're like, this is what all conservatives think. And it's like, yeah, maybe the politicians, maybe the conservative elites, but it's like the Democratic elites don't give a shit about poor people either. Shall we dive into policy on this? We won't do that tonight, but it's like, it's not that hard to find. So it's exactly. it just it just goes into that whole stop being pissed off at your neighbor because he's conservative. You feel free to be pissed off at the conservative politician, but also feel free to be pissed off at the at the you know the synthetic liberal politician as well. Because they work for the same people. hundred percent. Anyway. Yeah, no, I thought it was hilarious how like I just I went off on a little tangent about the song, but uh, I thought it was hilarious that like the first thing they come out with is like, What do you guys think of this song, huh? Ooh, this they're is all great. Like, they, none of them even really said anything. They just kind of sat there and like did this fake like bob like, to it. Like they're like, like oh, the I'm digging this song. Yeah, the boomer toe tap. <laughs> yeah, the boomer toe tap. Like, oh man, I can really resonate with this song as they're all millionaires and billionaires. None of them. <laughs> the song none is literally talking shit about all of them. Can and yeah, none of them can resonate with that song. Uh, anyway, <sighs> then we got so into the meat of the Republican yeah. debate. So what should we do? How do you want to do this? Should we do uh, winners and losers? Should we just go down the list of the candidates and who we thought was doing what? what I have said, very, I have very loose notes uh, from the Republican debate because I was really struggling to take any of it seriously. I was watching it for entertainment purposes, like you were as well, but I was yeah. also in the in the mindset of it's really sad. That one of these people might be the leader of the free world, in the very least, the VP. Who was? I think I think Vivek Ramaswamy was the uh, the big winner, if you will. Yeah, because he had nothing to lose and everything to gain, and he took complete advantage of what he was trying to accomplish when he was out on that on that stage. And he also did. I'm not going to call this brilliant because. I just think that all of the other people on that stage were too stupid to realize that this is the right strategy. He basically just used Trump's playbook the entire fucking debate. Oh, yeah. he, was the, he was the only one that did it. And I went, I'm like, this is, but, but to me, that is how you know that so many of these career politicians are unbelievably out of touch because we saw 2016, we saw 2020, we saw, we've seen Donald Trump debate how many times now? Like six, something like that, maybe more. Um, 
And we know how well he does in these debates just by being bombastic, being loud, being insulting. And that's exactly what Vivek Ramaswamy did. He wasn't quite as insulting. He, but but he's also no, better. yeah, he did. He's more he well did spoken go after than people's, Trump. But he's more yeah. well spoken than Trump. So so he 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 definitely used that kind of um, that tactic. But he was more, I don't know, I guess likable while doing it. And but all of these other career politicians are sitting there playing defense against that tactic, which is exactly what they did against Trump in 2016, and he wiped the fucking floor with all of them. Oh, he put them all on the back foot right away. Chris Christie tried to try to jab at it to try to sway the momentum, but... Chat GPT. Guy who sounds like Chat GPT. Yeah, the last time we had someone on this stage when they said, who's the tall, skinny, brow guy, or the tall, skinny, dark guy, or whatever he said. With the funny uh, name, yeah. With the funny name, yeah. He goes, you're the next Obama. And then Vivek said, come give me a hug like you did Obama after the, after the <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he was like he was he was out there punching above his weight. Uh well if you're punching it Chris up. Christie, it's hard not to punch above your weight. Ah, Bazinga. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, it was it was you know, interesting to see. Yeah, Chris Christie's his Why, biggest 67 Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> as big as did you say he's as big as his 67 Corvette. <laughs> A big boy. Yeah, so I think ultimately uh, Ramaswamy was the winner. DeSantis, what DeSantis didn't really do much. He said the same stuff that he always does. For some reason, no one on the stage really attacked him, which I found interesting. I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew where the hell he was. I don't know if he was like fucking. He was on drugs or something. But he. Oh, like Bergam. He was having like a completely different debate from everybody else on that stage. DeSantis was. It's almost like he's like like somebody came up to him or gave, handed him a, a fucking a post-it note before the debate started and said, "Here, write all these things on your hand and make sure you say them before the debate's over." And, and DeSantis was just up there with like a deer in headlights, sweating. He's so unlikable, dude. I th- I think he's he's officially toast. I think he's toast after that. So I'm really excited about uh, what happens with, um, like I'm wait I've been waiting I've been refreshing like 5:38 and stuff like that to see where we're at with the polls of uh, but like nothing's come out yet of like what the new like poll rankings are of who what everyone's numbers are because I would imagine hmm. Ramaswamy is gonna officially overtake him he's already ahead of him in some polls. DeSantis, yep. he's ahead of DeSantis in some polls. I think he's going to officially have, he's officially going to be second place after this is all said and done. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to jump a, jump ahead of uh, DeSantis on this, which in all reality, I think what he's doing is just vying for the VP position to get himself into politics. Uh, Ramaswamy, the way he still cucks out to Trump. Kyle Kalinske called him a beta male. Ah, well, that's interesting coming from Kyle Kalinske. Uh, I didn't say that. I should probably edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Yeah, He was the most alpha male guy on that fucking stage last night. Are you kidding me? If anybody's a beta male, it was uh, uh, 
he was, was alpha male to everyone on that stage. But if Trump was on that stage, it might have added a whole different dynamic to the conversation. Because he was still yeah. up there going, yeah, Trump was the, Trump was the greatest president in the 21st century. You know what's funny? What? I, I remember that particular line as well. And I thought about it and I went, okay, that's debatable. But let's just say for a minute that it's true. Really low bar. I mean, we're talking about a really low bar. We're talking about Bush, Obama, Trump, and Biden are the only four presidents so far in the 21st century. That is a really low bar. Yeah, it's easy to make that make that assertion when, when those are the other alternatives. That's your competition. Congratulations. It's like me beating the shit out of a nine-year-old girl, or, a, or I should say three nine-year-old girls. Which, of course, I would never do. But that's. But you could. But I could if I wanted to. I, <laughs> I guess it would depend on the circumstances. There's probably some nine year old girls. August 24th, 2023. Dan must definitely be could nice. beat the shit out of three nine year old girls. <laughs> must be maybe nice. Not at, maybe not at the same time. Bell goes, must be nice because he's a tiny boy. <laughs> For those who don't know, Bell's really small. <laughs> he's just a little guy. But he's not a beta male. I might be able to beat up three nine-year-old girls. I don't but, know. But Bell, at the same time. <laughs> no. With all, <laughs> with all three of them, with all three of them on each other's shoulders. <laughs> three three nine-year-old girls stacked up. They'd oh, did you see the pro-Ukraine commercial on Fox News last night during the No, during the but I did, I did make notes of all the Trump commercials. There was a pro-Ukraine commercial. Hot, oh, I missed it. Tell me Fox News is, is just quasi-conservative uh, uh, mainstream media without telling me that Fox News is quasi-conservative mainstream media. Yeah. Defend Ukraine. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see the Defend Ukraine commercial. I must have been uh, half lit. I'll be honest. Like about uh, the second quarter, the second half of that show, the second half of that game, I was pretty <laughs> well, inebriated. We also were, we're watching it on what was it? Uh, what was it? YouTube TV that you have for live? No, we were. Uh, well, yeah. Also, we were. I didn't realize it, but we watched it on Fox Business, not Fox News. Ah, yeah. So it's gonna have different stuff. We still syndicated all of the other stuff, but the commercials might have been different. But yeah, there was even. There was a we got to defend Ukraine commercial on Fox News. What a fun debate that was. So yeah, we know I think I think we're we're both in agreement. Bell, let's get Bell in on this. Who do you well, think real quick, do you, well, yeah, well, I just want to find out who he thinks like if you're going to pick a winner of this debate, which I don't know if there really was one, but I I say Vivek, Corey says Vivek, I think, right? Yeah, I do. Who who is the winner yeah. for you? It's it's Vivek unanimous yeah he had it's nothing to lose be. and everything to gain uh, when you look at said she just doesn't have the juice she says all the right things but she just she doesn't have the uh she can't punch through everybody like vivek does well and her guy, his voice just cuts through everybody else's and he just said everything right i'm glad you brought up nikki haley bell because her her foreign policy is like literally just neocon. Re just reach your hand into like a neoconservative vat of talking points and just yeah. pull out whatever you can grab. That's Nikki Haley's foreign policy. 
yeah so we so real quick let's let's uh, circle back real quick everyone on that stage was uh former vice president michael pettis vivek ramaswamy who wrote the book (laughs) who wrote the book uh woke inc he has some businesses chris christie the old governor of new jersey uh ron desantis the current governor of florida nikki haley she was a u.n ambassador and she was also the governor of south carolina south carolina she got the confederate flag pulled off of the uh the uh south carolina state flag so good for her tim scott who uh he's just a senator i believe right yeah south carolina no he's the governor of south no he's tim scott's governor of south carolina right now no, oh, are you sure? I Tim, thought it was Burgum. Tim the governor of South Carolina, 100%. Oh, Burgum. Burgum was South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, Burgum's North Dakota. And then Asa Hutchinson was ex-DEA. Yeah. And and it's so funny that the, that the ex-DEA guy looked like he was just gong-showed. His eyes were red and all baggy. And he looked <laughs> like he was taste-testing He's all the drugs asshole. that he was taking from people and putting in prison. That guy won't be in the next debate. He's terrible. I don't think uh, Bergam will either. No, Bergam. Even though Bergam, Bergam is of all of everything they all said, the only one that made me become a wet rubbery one was him when he was talking about how the framers of the Constitution originally designed this country to have states' rights and not federal rights when they're talking about in regards to abortion, and how he said that's a senator in South Carolina right now. Oh, not governor. governor, but a senator. Uh, and so Bergam said, he goes, when he was talking about, it, he goes, things in North Dakota don't work like they do in New Jersey. And these states need to be able to have the power to do these things for themselves. And he pulled out his pocket constitution. Other than that, the guy looked like, other than that, the guy looked like, because he just ripped his Achilles tendon. So he would look like he was, yeah, he was probably all hopped up on drugs. That's probably why he didn't talk much. He was just sitting there just staring blankly. What's funny is Burgum on painkillers probably could have given a better speech in Maui than could our current president, Joe Biden, easily. Yeah, he didn't have crutches either. That guy the whole time looked like he had this look on his face like, kill me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the person... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to say the person who had the most talking time... Mike Pence. Yeah. Terrible. Mike Pence had a total of 12 minutes and 37 seconds. Vic Ramaswamy or Vivek Ramaswamy had 11 minutes and 47 seconds. Chris Christie had 11 minutes and 22 seconds. Ron DeSantis had 10 minutes and 22 seconds. Haley had uh, 8 minutes and 41 seconds. Tim Scott had uh, 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Bergam had eight minutes and Hutchinson had seven minutes and 33 seconds. So you want to talk about losers of this debate? I think my answer is going to surprise you guys who the biggest loser is, because I think it's really easy to say it was Mike Pence. But I'm not going with Mike Pence. Mike Pence was another one who had a really solid answer when he talked about how he put the Constitution over serving a president. And that has a lot of like weight to it because there was he had there's experience there. He anyway. literally, yeah, like January 6th when the whole world, or at least, you know, like 50 million Americans or whatever who are Trump sycophants were like telling him to do what Trump says. 
he stood his ground and put the Constitution over Trump to where if he tried to, even if it didn't go the way Trump wanted, if he tried to say he's going to send it back to the legislators, uh, which was based on that bullshit theory of like the, the state legislator theory, mm-hmm. which was just shot down by the Supreme Court, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, if he even tried to do that, even if it fell apart in the Supreme Court, it would have created a constitutional crisis that would have been just absolute, just bullshit and noise and just a waste of time. And he said, no, yep. I'm going that with day I'm- was the day I respected Mike Pence the most is when he stood up for the constitution over someone who was trying to give themselves a crown to be a monarchy. And then he got up and op- and then he got up onto a, a presidential debate stage and opened his mouth about Jesus, which I don't have a problem with Jesus. I dig Jesus. Jesus is a cool dude. Not a good platform to run on in 2023. That's his platform. His platform is Jesus. Jesus and his wife. Even with all of that, I don't think Mike Pence was the big loser. I'm going to tell you who the big loser was. And it wasn't Asa Hutchinson. And it wasn't Burgum. It was DeSantis. No, the big loser was Chris Christie. I'm going to tell you exactly why Chris Christie was the big loser. Because Chris Christie is demonstrated what we all knew about him with the whole reason he got into this race in the first place, which was, which was just was, was to do the thing that we're all fucking tired of. And that is shit on Donald Trump. That called him out on that. That's all Chris Christie is in this race for. And he, he was, he was the absolute most, um, establishment, neocon, neolib, just, gross uh he's gross for many reasons but gross uh uh career politician up on that stage he nobody made me want to vomit during this debate more than chris christie did oh no shit yeah because i mean every everybody else on that stage had at least one or two things that they said that i was like that's 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 a decent point or at least something that I didn't expect to come out of their mouths. Even Mike Pence. Never thought I'd say that about Mike Pence. But Chris Christie was just this 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 establishment robot up there. And so for that reason, Chris Christie to me was the big loser of dude. And not so not only his attacks falling short, right? He when he was up there, he literally bragged about cutting pension funds. He bragged about, or he he was he, one of his policies wanting to expand the federal government with his AG to come after state AGs. Uh, he just and that guy. What I wrote down is Chrissy just wants to be on the right side of history regarding uh, the Constitution and oath to office, and just being the one who, a little footnote that didn't like Trump. That when seventy years from now, when everyone goes, ah, Trump wasn't that great in hit in the history books. It's going to be a little footnote that be like. Chris Christie didn't like him. And like, that's it. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's his legacy. He didn't like Trump. He, uh, he did defend Trump, uh, Pence. Remember he came out and was defending Pence for what he did against Trump, but it was still had something to do with Trump. And yeah, he, he didn't look good. He didn't sound good. He was this little pit bull. He tried to come after Vivek, and I think he sw- tried to swallow a pill too big with not enough water. I expected a lot more from Chris Christie. 
to be completely honest. Yeah, and we that, were kind of hyping him up. We're like, dude, the guy's a pit bull. He's going to come out. He's yeah, like he looks like a bulldog shit. in there. Like he's, he's always a bulldog in there. Every single debate, just a bully. But he just couldn't couldn't get it done. He couldn't punch through, man. That was it was kind of shocking. If anyone, I think that's going to lose the most on this. But it's always the negligible ones, right? Like these, this one, this debate was to filter out the ones who aren't going to be shit anyways, right? Ada Hutchinson, Tim Scott, the ones that are pulling at like one percent. Bergam. Uh, well, so when it comes to all my notes, I have notes for Pence, I have notes for Christie, I have notes for Ramaswamy, I have notes for DeSantis. <laughs> but then in my list, I show you not. It just says Scott and Asa. <laughs> I don't what? have anything you know even written down for him. That's a that's a good point. And and you know what? I think if I went back and watched it again, I might say Tim Scott was the big loser. Yeah, he was and, just and, another but, Ben person, basically. Just yeah, the reason quiet why, and monotone and just sitting there and not really saying much. And, and he was he just sat up there and tossed a word salad the whole fucking debate. It's it's all he did. Like he, he, like like somebody was like he, he was he had the little alien from Men in Black in his head. Just like telling him what to say, I think that's why I I didn't I didn't give him the big loss because he was just so unmemorable. Like I don't even remember a single. Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of getting at. You know, and even even Ada, he made himself Asa. or Asa. Sorry, Trump's the one that calls him Ada. That just goes to show I have no You're fucking idiot. idea who the guy is. But as soon as I heard he was DEA, it was immediately, you could ask Bella, it just went, fuck you. <laughs> like before you even got we a word out. Like We literally, we, we were like some school kids in there taking shots. About, about, I, I think more than one person on that stage was a federal prosecutor at one point. I'm like, all right, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who was that? Chris Christie and uh, yeah, Chris Christie was automatically right? out for me. Chris Christie was the um, the he head. Was the one of I was talking Trump's, about what was it? Trump's uh, opioid, the anti-opioid agency. Was that it Chris Christie? Yeah, Chris Christie was the head of that um, until and you know, yeah, and he was doing the same type of talking that DeSantis does when it comes to expanding the power of the federal government. These guys are supposed to be conservatives and make a limited government. And he was talking about how he was going to uh, expand it and like have his AG go after AGs and states who weren't doing what they're supposed to do to fight the crime and drug problems and stuff like that. And it's like, no, Bergam, again, who's the only one who had any sort of sense when it came to the Constitution, you leave that shit to the states. If a state becomes a shithole, people are going to move. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Chase and then that point, just makes California. it to that state to where they have to actually like do better for the, the people in their state and represent them better. Yeah, Bergam is like, uh, he reminds me a lot of like John Kasich from 2016. A guy. I'm just happy to be here. This is wild stuff, huh, guys? But, but K- Kasich was a guy that I could get behind as a Republican, and I never would have said that prior to 2016. But I was like, ah, Kasich sounds like a cool dude. But like, you just know he's got no shot because he just doesn't have the juice. He doesn't have the right. Yeah, the juice. Goal. Like, like, like. I remember. I remember that debate so vividly when he was talking about how when in Ohio how. They increased or they lowered uh, unemployment and brought wealth to the state and stuff like that. And Trump just goes, you got lucky with fracking. That's all you did. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was still like, that's still like his governance 
in the States still had something to do with that because he could have just nixed it. <laughs> but like Trump was just like just shutting people down. <laughs> Give me a hug like he did Obama. Yeah. So do you think so? I feel like uh, Trump's little interview on Tucker Carlson ain't going to really have legs. I feel like the, the people who love Trump watch it and that's it. Anyone who doesn't have any interest in Trump isn't going to spend that 45 minutes listening to him say the same things that he always says over and over. And now seeing Vivek do the shit that he did. Do you think Trump feels the need to hop on that stage now? Cause I wrote down, I like before I realized that Trump actually, cause before Vivek said uh, that Trump was the greatest president of 21st, century and he was like going toe to toe with these people and giving them the shit that Trump gives people I wrote down Trump is probably shitting his pants right now watching someone who can actually counter punch and punch up like he does but then he said ended up saying that shit and now Trump came out and he's like yeah Vivek won it obviously he said the right things which was just getting on his knees for Trump but uh, it's making me wonder if the Tucker Carlson thing does kind of just fade real quick, like it's it's already barely even being talked about. Do you yeah, think he's, he's feel the Tucker's uh, to hop on that stage. Tucker's becoming irrelevant really fast. Kind of is, isn't he? Sorry to say, yeah, he really is. Because he threw himself into the noise of a million other talking heads. Yeah, I look. He's in the, he is now in the same pool as we are with a more name recognition. I, I I think I'll let this like this first debate marinate a little more. But like, I think Trump made the right decision strategically by not getting on that stage last night. I, he, I, had I, to, he had all he had was nothing to, to gain and everything to lose. The, he had no yeah. reason. So like, would I have liked to have seen him up there? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him up there. But I completely understand why he wasn't. It ma- it makes it makes complete sense. Now, where I get pissed is when you have these people that that sit there and say, "Well, Joe Biden needs to debate RFK." Joe Biden, you're just you're 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 you know you're ducking RFK. You need to get up on that debate stage, and then out of the other side of their mouth, talk about how Trump uh, made the right decision by not debating. It's like, well, you can't have it yeah. both ways. Do you think do you think these people need to debate, or do you not think they need to debate? Strategically, yeah, strategically, I think Biden and Trump make the right decision by not debating. From a politically strategic perspective, they're making the right decision by not debating. Am I, I a fan of it? And you you watch nope. how fast though they're going to change the bylaws for their parties of like you have to uh, participate in a uh, debate. Democrats won't. Democrats won't. Republicans might. Yes, because yes, yes, because Trump is anti-establishment and the Republican Party is still an establishment party. So yes, they they that that I could see I could see that taking place. Uh, as far as like a debate between Vivek and Trump, I don't know how that would go. I really, I really don't, wouldn't know how to predict how that would go. Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. 
The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. Vivek's a little more sharper. I was going to say though, but like would Vivek- But he's relying on those Trump votes. So yeah, exactly. Would would Vivek get on that stage and just let Trump have it? Not not have it like like you know pound him, give it to him, but like actually let him have the debate because he you know wants to ride Trump's tiny jelly bean cock, or would he actually take him on because he thinks he has a chance? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's interesting. I'd like to get into into Vivek's head and and because like he talks a big game, but does he really inside of his own head believe he has a chance to beat Donald Trump? I don't know. The way he talks about Donald Trump, you feel like it's like he's Trump's just buying for a VP. Yeah, like Trump's almost his kryptonite. It's interesting. Yeah, I'll pay a little uh, like, th- and that's why I'll keep I'll, I'll keep paying attention to it because like I have. I have very mixed feelings about Vivek Ramaswamy. There are things I'm not about a big him. Fan of a lot of his policies, th- but there are things about him that I really like. He's got the right idea on Ukraine, one hundred percent. I'm with him all day long on Ukraine. I, I'm I don't really hate his education policy. Like we all know, the Department of Education is jacked up. We all know teachers unions are too powerful. Um, we all know. It, well, it's not that they're too powerful. They don't. It's a union that doesn't represent the teachers. They constantly are getting their wages cut. They're constantly getting laid off. Their pensions are getting fucked with because that is a union that is not have its uh, participants or its members. But they're also, they're also protecting- more money. That union spends more money on giving it to like democratic pundits and things like that. Like they, that union, it's not a team. Like, Teamsters Union, good. UAW, good. You know, the iBrew, the, you know, all the different little unions for the tradesmen are good. Police unions, teachers unions aren't good. Yeah, There's I a mean, difference the between unions, good they, unions they also, and bad unions. They also And it's, I'm not just saying it's a bad though, union inherently like, oh, because they donate to Democrats. No, they're a bad union because teachers constantly get fucked by yeah. their union. Constant pay cuts. Constant pension fund cuts, constant benefit cuts. Those unions are the example of when people talk about how unions are shitty. Those are the unions you would use as an example. Teachers when unions, they're they're unions. too too bur- bureaucratically run. Yeah, yeah, and then the, the, like the other big issue with teachers unions is that they spend they spend too much time. They protect bad teachers at the end of the day. Just like police unions protect bad cops. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, uh, there there are a lot of issues with that in the Department of Education. So like, I I like I like a lot of Vivek Ramaswamy's foreign policy. His domestic policy, I have some more questions about. Like, there, there yeah, there's some there's some thought to put to the idea that we're that with the whole Ukraine thing of how we're pushing Russia into China. When China is the greatest threat and then them two together unilaterally, unequivocally is not good for the world as a whole. Like never, never mind just America first. We're talking about two authoritarian governments who create like social structures that are based on social credits and making everyone you have to sit in this little cookie cutter mold or you can't go to a store and get ice cream, you know, and shit like that. Like, mm -mm, 
that's not the way the world should like i know america is an experiment i know we're the first country that gives power to the people like with with the idea of how our country was founded and i'm hoping that this isn't just a footnote in the history of humankind and i hope that we're the ones that succeed but pushing all the ones who are doing the old world thinking of making one person in charge together isn't going to make that idea uh live more like longer you know what i mean does that make sense? I think so. Well, let the listeners decide. Yeah. Anyway. Comment, uh, comment on my mumbo jumbo word salad there and let me know what you think. Before we move on, biggest lie of the night. Do you have one? Because I have one. Uh, DeSantis had a good one about the Navy SEALs when he was just like a lawyer. <laughs> 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 and then uh, Haley saying that uh ukraine or that russia wants to plow that Haley and pence both saying that russia wants to plow through into nato countries no nikki haley i'll give i'm gonna give it to nikki haley because nikki haley was the one that said putin has said this isn't like a speculatory thing she pull up the tape nikki haley said that putin said that he will plow through poland and the baltics next putin has never said that He's that never said that, and Poland lie. is literally sitting there chomping at the bits, hoping that they do. Yeah, that is an outright neoconservative foreign policy bullshit lie. She lied. That was that was the that was the fucking pants on fire. She, Nikki Haley won the pants on fire award for last night's debate for that one. That was the biggest lie that I caught of the entire evening, dude. You know she. When it comes to like policy and how government works, though, she was really on point when uh, Pence was like, we need to make a more stringent national ban on abortion. That 70% of the country thinks this way. And she's like, yeah, 70% of the country, sure, but you're not going to get 70% of Congress to vote for that. Well, not and to mention, like, they, 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 when they were talking, this is what we go over this a lot, Corey. Like when people talk about the way Americans feel about abortion, they they re- it is one of those things where you could re- you can really cherry pick polling numbers but at the at the end of the day the one that you can't cherry pick is who thinks that abortion should be legal to some degree at all period and that's 80 83% of americans think yeah. that that there should not be an outright ban on abortion a lot of Americans feel differently on like when we should have it cut off. Yeah. And that's why I go back to Bergen. I go back to Bergen. He nailed it the best. Like ask bell. I was literally sitting there as Bergen was giving his spiel about how it should be put to States. Cause that's how the country was designed and stuff like that. I was looking at bell yelling, you know, half cocked and drunk. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm like the easiest answer they could fucking have. I'm like, when this country started, it was, our constitution was based on British common law. And the common law said that uh, abortion isn't about to 12 or f- like abortion can be legal until about 12 to 15 weeks when the quickening happens. And that's when you could feel the baby kick. I'm like, and base and because abortion was never explicitly denied by our constitution, it falls under the ninth amendment that says any law that isn't explicitly said that you have in this country doesn't mean that it's implicitly uh, denied just because it's not stated as such. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going down to this and we look up and Bergen's holding this constitution. And he's saying the same damn shit that I was saying. And I'm like, <laughs> the only man that's actually up there speaking truth. <laughs> yeah. It's just too bad. He, doesn't he, he was all fucked up on drugs and he can't even walk. <laughs> he's all fucked up on birth control. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway, 
Shall we move on? Do you, do you have any closing comments um, about the, uh, the Republican debates? Um, Pence basically admit Ukrainians are pawns in a proxy war. Uh, him and Haley's thing I was just talking about, about abortion. Um, DeSantis actually made, I forget what he said, but he made a, a remark about Hunter Biden. Bell, get in here. I got to piss. <laughs> and then, uh, all right, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, me and Bell, we saw, we saw Cornell West on Fox news talking to Laura Ingram right before it, which was oh. interesting. The green party guy. And he was talking shit about Democrats and Republicans. The guy, man, he is such a charmer. He, the way he speaks, the charisma he has, no one on that stage we saw during the actual thing, even Vivek touches it. It's hard to dislike Cornell West. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, my, my brothers and my sisters. And he's like, listen, my sister. Talking to Laura. <laughs> like, oh, my sister, Laura, listen. <laughs> <laughs> With his crazy hair and stuff. I know. Oh, it was I, great. It was great. Cornell you West. Dislike him. Oh, no, he's a great guy. I, it's I, impossible. I really think- I'm not gonna vote yeah, for him, but but he also still is another senior citizen up there running for a job. Yeah, that and so have. Yeah, so honestly, I really do. I believe that uh, Vivek won the whole debate. I disagree with a lot of his policy. I like the other thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to just stall out until Dan gets back from taking a piss because his bladder is the size of a pea, and uh, or he, yeah. And uh, he just always has got to piss. I got a bigger bladder than him. That's weird. And it is weird for the small as you are. It's weird. <laughs> I got the bladder of a camel. It's like I got a water, like those one of those camel backpacks on my back. It just, I don't know where it goes. That is, takes I was a never going to make it. To I was never going to make it to the end of the show. Oh, we were just talking shit about, or I was talking shit about both of you guys having bladders the size of like a pea. Yeah. The size of, the size of Trump's Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> the size of Trump's hand. <laughs> um, one other thing I did want to touch on that I was just getting to right before you walked back and I was actually just stalling until you got here was uh, how <laughs> every single one of them has just the shittiest, most terrible take on our immigration policy. <laughs> yeah, that's literally them all running around trying to say how we could fix our immigration problem. Yeah, they're all they they were all wrong because you know immigration is good. Um, yeah, it's not easy to even explain that or or express you know based on imperial facts of why that's a good thing. America is the only reason America, who is now an established like virtually mature nation, like in England or in China or even a uh, a Japan or you know, like a lot of like Western nations and the reason why we don't have a population crisis or like a aging crisis in our country is because it's supplemented by immigrants. And you would think that Republicans would finally get this fact. Cause I was thinking about this in the shower, you know, shower thoughts. Yeah. Who loves this country? The fucking most of anyone, the people that escape oppression to come here. Yeah. I'd say it's not the fucking white people. They bitch about this country all the time. The ones who are just like, yeah, no, I love it here. It's great. It's not the guys that are, that are bowing to Robert E. Lee statues in the South. It's, it's the immigrants and the first generation children 
who came here and got the American dream and American way to achieve something that they would have never had that opportunity if their parents didn't make that trek, that pilgrimage to come to America. So I guess what I would ask with, with regards to immigration, because I don't, I don't think we've really ever come at it from this angle before, which is, uh, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember if it was Pence or Christie. It was one of them that made the point about the unfairness for people that actually are trying to come in and do this thing legally being put on the back burner for folks that are coming over illegally. What did you think about that, about that statement? Cause I, and you know, well, what I'm it, talking because, about, right? it, because it's the, it's in an ineffective system that it takes people who actually want to come here years to do it. And it's such a faulty shitty system that we have that the people who are desperate to come here know that that system sucks, so they take their chances. To where if that system was efficient, it could work for the people who are trying to do that and the ones who are skeptical about doing it because they know it's a piece of shit. Like Our country literally was doing a million people a year on Ellis Island, and we didn't have AI. We didn't have computers. We didn't have internet. People would show up on fucking steamboats coming from Europe and they would look at their eyes and be like, oh, yeah, you know, you don't have any fucking diseases. You don't got jaundice here. I can't. I, and they would do things like, what's your name? And they would say some wild ass name that they like some crazy Polish name that they can't uh, that the person there. And they would just change it right there on the spot. Just change it to yeah. John Smith. That's that what they did to my family. Yeah. Right, my mom was too hard telling to spell me. Like, no, you spell your name like this now. Like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And they would just go, OK, I'm just glad to fucking be here. Yeah, and they would come here and get treated for shit, and get apples and rotten tomatoes thrown at them as they cross the uh, they got on the docks by mostly Democrats and Republicans. Would be like, welcome <laughs> yeah, to America, exactly right. but Republican. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and it's like we fucking did this before. We used to be the immigration capital of the world. We can still do this. Me and Bell were talking about it. Just on the border, build a wall. Sure, sure, build a wall. And make a bunch of nice little manicured paths that go to a building, just a big fucking ass office building right in the middle. And in that building, you fill it with immigration lawyers and immigration judges, and you get people in and out. Sure, there are going to be some people on waiting lists that you're going to have to put them on standby while they try to figure out exactly who they are, because there are going to be some shady characters coming in. And then, you know, but there's going to be. Like uh, so many of these people are coming in, they're like, "Listen, this is who I am. I'm running away from this." Well, all right, congratulations, welcome to America. How many Here's of those social there, security number? How many of those were there? Will would there be though, Corey? Because you think if there's if like like you're saying, there's you know this you know shining mountain, you know the fucking shining city on a hill thing with that Ronald Reagan always talked about. Like you got this shiny building at the end of this path, you know, in northern Mexico. If you're a if you really are a criminal or a fentanyl smuggler, are you going through that building? No, exactly. No. So like anybody There's who's porous come- holes in the border, I'm not negating that we need to secure yeah, our borders. I think a wall is like draconian and old, but to your point, Corey, I'm down with- if you, if you, you have, if you, if you have this, this much easier system where people can roll into a place with ju- with immigration judges and immigration lawyers and, and at least start getting processed in an easier fashion. Now you don't have border patrol agents running around collecting a bunch of people that are actually innocent and really right. just trying to get over. They can actually be running the border and collecting the actual criminals that we're actually right. worried about. 
Yeah. 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 If there's a wall and everyone knew the system was efficient and that they can get through, like fucking Ellis Island, it's yeah. it's just like this isn't some crazy fucking concoction idea that I'm pulling out like some fucking pipe dream. We fucking did it before. <laughs> yeah, like did. that's the, what blows my fucking mind. Is like we've already done this. Yeah. We were praised for this. And then we, we could go back piss, to that. Piss poor immigration policy in the 20s and 30s. And my God, like, yeah, okay. Island. So, and it was on an island, yeah. yeah. And like, like for real, man, like, it's just, oh, but yeah, there's criminals coming. Well, we right? it's like, to, okay, for we it's, it's probably like, for as many that are coming, it's probably like a hundred to one ratio. And if we had an efficient system where we could book these people and put the people that seem shady on standby and make them sit somewhere, while another hundred people could come in and supplement our population, add money to our tax revenue, create jobs and economy. Like they're, they're taking jobs that are boosting the economy, stimulating the economy, keeping the money fucking moving. They're here for the American dream. Because the establishment, both Republicans and Democrats are both on the same page. You would think they would be like, all right, Guatemalans, we need more money to send to Ukraine. Come on in. We need your tax dollars. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, if they're Cuban, they come in by a boat and it's like, you're welcome. But if they're from another fascist country or a country that's fucked, they're illegal. And it's just, it's just, it's just so dumb. It's a fabricated problem just so they could talk about it on these dumbass debate stages. A lot like children. Mm -hmm. it, immig immigrants like and children are the two biggest political weapons that that like my both God. sides are guilty of using. Like it's just, it's just insane to me. It's just insane to me that it's it's the the data is there that like that actually reminds me. I was really really surprised that during the debates last night there wasn't more talk of like fighting wokeness i was really shocked i, I don't think the word hear, woke was used once i expected to hear a lot more about like trans ideology and that kind of stuff and there was like none of it i'm actually i was actually pleasantly okay. surprised so i'm about to go on a tangent did you guys see that i think i shared it with you did you guys see the interview with blair white and alex jones no, but you told me about it and how you think Alex Jones wants to fuck Blair White. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I still think that. But and I guess so funny. They showed this photo that Blair White had where she was uh, like because she has that photo with her like in that stairwell with the, with gun. the gun like this and her phone's yeah. like this taking the photo. And she's like, yeah, this is the shit I could have would have. And it was just her, but it was superimposed where her phone was like a Bud Light. And Alex Jones is like, ah, I'd buy that Bud Light. Like, and then he like was really saying like, and it's it's interesting, especially coming from him, that I think that the tide, like, with the end of wokeism is happening. That like the uh, as the dust is settling, Republicans are saying that like no individualism, at least people like Alex Jones, individualism, uh, and things like that, and being and having the freedom to do what you want for yourself and have your own pursuit of happiness is important. And that people that believe that they're trans can do that, but the agenda behind it, right, right, is it's it's, it's the it's the ideology behind it. It's the same with with the climate stuff. And dude, isn't that the biggest kick in the nuts? The Republicans are just so fucking bad at messaging. <laughs> they're just so fucking terrible at messaging. And sometimes they might actually kind of get something right, but they're so shitty at how they portray it that like. I honestly it's think it's just that's, way too easy to come to the conclusion. It's like, well, that was that was actually kind of sexist or that was racist, you know, or that's that was an advantage. You know, but insert 
insert your Islam, your ism or your not Islam word there. Ism, I meant ism <laughs> or ick. You know, but that's the advantage. That's the advantage that people like Trump and Ramaswamy have. Like they, they have like they, they just have a better ability at 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 messaging. Like obviously, Trump's really clunky at it and whatever. But like, like name name me a time as as much as you or I can't stand Donald Trump, think he's unfit to lead, whatever. I mean, when does he ever like shit on trans people? He hasn't. Remember that he, he was selling merchandise that said LGBTQ for Trump. Yeah, like when does he ever shit on gay people? He's a, he's a fucking New the York only gay man, people dude. and stuff that he shit on were the ones who came after him first. In retrospect, when the fog clears a little bit with your TDS, because I fucking hated the guy. Yeah, he only went after people who came after him. Yeah, I guess we're Trump apologists now, Corey. No, fuck Trump. I don't want him as my president. <laughs> I think it's a kangaroo court type shit going on with them and the way they're trying to come after him. I don't like how that's being done, but I still don't want him as a president. I want him to go back to just do a mediocre. Yeah, no, dude, that the whole tr- the whole indictment thing is like it, it it is just this this unbelievable runaround from 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 both. It's just it's just this it's 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 this circle of like did Trump do something wrong? I look at it and I go morally, constitutionally, probably. Did he break any laws? Mm, debatable, debatable. Uh, should he be prosecuted if he broke laws? In principle, yes. But also, you can see where if the last five presidents aren't being prosecuted for crimes that are just as bad or worse. You can see that defense of like, why are you prosecuting Trump, but not prosecuting these people? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just this runaround where like, nobody's ever going to win. You're never going to win these arguments because the way the system is set up, the way the status quo has been set up, it makes it impossible. And Trump to his, his limited brilliance, which he does have limited brilliance. He knows this. Mm-hmm. He knows this and he's using it to his advantage and he's doing it well. We didn't mean to talk about that, but that was just that just kind of came out of me. I hope that was articulated well enough. <laughs> uh, maybe. What you yeah. know what, Dan? We'll let the listeners decide. We'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> uh yeah. It's so weird, dude. It's like Donald Trump, it's okay. So th- I'm gonna say this for the first time on this show, and probably the first time I've ever said it to anybody. Donald Trump, in a weird way, in my lexicon, is becoming like LeBron James. Like, what's more annoying, Donald Trump or the ones who hate him? Or Do- who's more who's more annoying, Donald Trump or Donald Trump haters? Like, who's more annoying, LeBron James himself or LeBron James haters? It's tough to decide. Sometimes, yeah, it's tough to decide. Now, with LeBron James, I've a couple of years ago, I made the decision that LeBron James haters are more annoying than LeBron James, and Donald Trump is quickly, is quickly coming up on his coattails with that one. I'm legitimately yeah. starting to find Trump haters more annoying and more awful than Trump himself. They're all awful, but who's worse? Think about it. Be stoic about it. I like that. Channel like your inner stoic. Channel your inner Russell Brand. Channel uh, your inner. Channel your inner. Uh, channel your inner inner Marcus Aurelius. T- uh, do you want to get to? Okay, 
I closing arguments should have been like a half an hour ago. We're we're yeah, way we, we're way past it on this one. Um, good yeah, discussion. So, so we're already an hour and six minutes in. You want to just me just my little thought? Sure. Um, Casey Lee in real life asked, "Do we do guest call-ins? We haven't Not really live. set anything up like that. Not live, but uh." We might be able to set something up. That'd be kind of cool if we could have someone hop in. Yeah. We like we like We're, to chat. We do like to chat. Um, so probably not tonight, Casey, but you're uh, one of the first ones to actually like ask about doing... Actually, no. I think we've had other people ask, too. Like, Do you guys read these comments? Do you guys bring people on and stuff? And We probably should set something up because it would add a lot of fun to the show. Only the ones we like. So stick around, and uh, maybe that'll happen for you. Best way to message us all. So we are on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Obviously, you're on Twitch, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Our actual email is libsertipod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, message us on any of like the different little social media platforms. Just look up Libservative. You'll find us. We'd love to collaborate and what do things. Your, what was your closing remark, Corey? So the lost man's hero. Oh, this is where I was going to go. You read my fucking mind. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I had this little epiphany the other day. I was sitting there thinking. And like when you look up suicide rates, you look up, you know, like just. And it's really hard to express this without sa- sounding like one of those people. that was like, oh, you know, the poor white guy. What about us? Because that's not where I'm going with this. But with young men in general. Suicide rates, isolation, dating, all these different things are on an uptick in the wrong direction for men, right? You know, like we like the nuclear family is falling apart. A lot of these young guys, they don't have a father figure to look up to and things like this. Like, I feel like you and I and Bella are, are you know, like we're, we're, we're lucky that we have moms and dads. And I think that's important that it helps people actually grow up to be a, you know, like a person that's a little bit more level because you have a, a uh, dynamic of two people that are helping raise you. Be interesting. If I could just add to that, Corey, to that point, and it, it doesn't have anything to do with money. It doesn't you have know? anything to do with money. None of us come from money. And so Jordan Peterson comes out with that book. What was it? Uh, 12 Rules 12, for Life. 12 Rules for Life or whatever. And a bunch of these lost men you know a bunch of peter pans look to him they see his book they read it and they're all they're infatuated with it and then he's getting all this outpouring of these people saying like you saved my life you helped me and this and that and when this happened the synthetic liberals you know the lux- the limousine liberals with their luxury beliefs immediately started dogpiling and just shitting at jordan peterson to the point where they <laughs> literally just made him cry. <laughs> well, <laughs> they shit on him after the what is it? The AC? I can't remember the name of the bill. The um, the the speech bill in Canada where you you have to use people's pronouns or it's illegal kind of deal. Um, AC sixteen or whatever. That was where people really started to notice Jordan Peterson and call him a transphobe and a homophobe and all that kind of stuff. Which I also think is a bit of an asshole move. Like, regardless of what your ideology is on uh, the trans community or anything like that, if I meet someone 
and they and they tell me and even if to me in my appearance and the vision that my eyeballs give me they don't necessarily look like a girl or a guy but they tell me that they're a girl or a guy i'm gonna be like oh okay i'm sorry you're you're he her or she her or he her or whatever like i'm not an asshole i don't give a shit dan if you come to me tomorrow and you go i'm a girl now i'm like all right well what's up like what's up home girl you know like i don't give a shit whatever <laughs> it's gonna take you a minute <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah and you'd have to be patient with me because i've known you as a man my entire life that i've known you uh but i'm not an asshole and i'm gonna do my best to just be nice to you and just be a civil human being but jordan peterson has that weird stance where he's like uh-uh, i'm not doing that but he's also coming from the stance of a psychologist so it's a whole different thing or whatever but wait whatever. wait 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 if I can just defend Jordan Peterson for a second. That's what I'm he's, saying. He's, he's coming never, from a different... But he's never said that he wouldn't use the pronouns. No, His he, point no. is that his point is that making it a law is compelled speech, which is a violation of free speech. He never yeah, said that he personally... Compelled speech is those pronouns. just as bad as banning free speech. Right. And so you were right on that. 100%. They can the, the people that um, shit on him were conflating what he said. Sure, a hundred. Like you're you're probably right because I didn't really follow any of that too close. But like my what I'm seeing is Jordan Peterson comes out a bunch of these people who are like completely lost. You can call them cucks. You can call them betas. You can call them whatever you want. They were looking to someone, and Jordan Peterson came and filled that void for them, and. The left started shitting on him to the point where he started crying. And because Jordan Peterson cries all the time. Got all fucked up and on Benzos. Got all fucked up on Benzos. And then the one, and then when he kind of faded out of relevancy, the one that filled his shoes were Andrew Tate. Which is just a million times fucking worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like a let us sleeping dogs lie kind of thing, as you said. Yeah, yeah, just let fucking sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> Why can't like people Jordan look Peterson... up to another guy and they want a role model? Who gives a fuck? Why can't Jordan Peterson just be the lost man's hero? Is what you're saying? I'd, yeah, 100%. I would a million times prefer Jordan Peterson being the lost man's hero versus Andrew Tate, who's a misogynist and does all these things. And sure, you know, like, like, regardless of his legal battles and any shit like that, that he says, you know, the people paint him as he's this misogynist and he says this shit that he's a misogynist. And he, it's clear that the shit he says, he just objectifies women. And even if his own little private circle, he does treat these women with respect. The image he portrays is kind of a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And now all these young men are up here looking up to him, filling their void calling him top G and things like that. And is that really better for society? When like, you, good job. Good job, guys. When you, you scared be... Jordan Peterson away, who was a toast guy who wasn't really causing any harm, and you let the right replace him with Andrew Tate or a Steven Crowder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where Real I, I look shit. at it, I look at it, and like, I, I've said this before on the show and, and in private, like, I mostly like Jordan Peterson. I have disagreements with him. There's no question about it. Like I've, I've, I have disagreements with certain areas of his philosophy, but I mostly like the guy. You know, I think he, he makes a lot of good points. I think he's Jordan, just an intellectual. Exactly. Jordan Peterson's biggest problem is that he does a podcast where he has guests on, 
and then just talks over him the whole time because his brain, because his brain he's never, so pompous. His, it's so pompous. It's the violin and the classical music. Yeah, and, he's and like, his, oh, his, well, look at me. His brain just never stops. Like his his brain just never. But the, what's what's weird is like his brain never stops. But you can tell when he does these interviews with people that are trying to play gotcha with him, right? Because you've seen him probably clips on those like debate stages and and things like that. He definitely listens. I mean, he has to. He's a fucking psychologist. He has to listen. But when he's when he's having like like an like a conversation with somebody who's like intellectually on a par with him, uh, he 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 does he does actually he does a lot of what I do sometimes, which is like he'll ask a question and then answer it himself, and then just keep going and going and going and going. I do that too, but I'm not nearly as smart as Jordan Peterson, so it doesn't really matter as much when I do it. Uh, but yeah, he's. I've never ever thought of I've never thought Jordan Peterson is problematic in any way. Yeah, no, he's not. I've never seen him pro as problematic. He just got shit on for some weird reason because it's social media and everyone shits on everything. He, no, he, he I mean got he got the J.K. Rowling treatment, right? Like he just yeah. has this this opinion that just gets conflated into him having these other opinions that he doesn't actually have, just like J.K. Rowling. Like J.K. Rowling's like, it's dude, it's totally cool to be trans. I just want women's spaces to stay women's spaces. Like, can't we just have both things? And you know, and she's a horrible, disgusting transphobe after that. Yeah, and yeah, and so that's why he's got to get in it. Like, the uh, the culture shit on Jordan Peterson into like now he's on the Daily Wire. Now he's just grifted. Now he is something different than what he was before all of this happened, right? And then the void was filled with Andrew Tate, the the top G, the one that would manipulate women into being cam girls so he can make money off them. Well, and it, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I don't necessarily know if it's a void filled, right? Because uh, Jordan Peterson still has a huge following, but it's it's that situation where when you try to tell people what to do. When you try to tell people you can't like Jordan Peterson because he's a transphobe because he did this and this and this, and then you look into Jordan Peterson, what's the first thing you're going to do? When like it, like say you would never say you're a a 14 year old boy, 15 year old boy, you're going to Google never, search never Jordan heard of Jordan Peterson, Peterson transphobe. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to look up Jordan Peterson. You're going to listen to what he has to say. You're probably going to like a little bit of what he has to say, at least. And and you're gonna and then you're going to keep going down that wormhole until you get to an Andrew Tate. Because somebody told you you shouldn't like Jordan Peterson because of these things that are. And what's not the true. American spirit? Like literally, Bell has it on his wall with Rosa Parks. No, don't tread on me. <laughs> no, no, the Rosa Parks nah. thing. No, like yeah, or or even don't tread on me. Like it's it's just it's ingrained Both in the. Both yeah, it's ingrained yeah. in the American spirit that when someone tells you what to do, you go no. Yeah. <laughs> no. We have that is one of the things that I love about the American spirit, which is that we have a real fucking problem with authority. Unfortunately, over the last decade or so, too many people We've have fallen in, head. but too many problem with authority, too many. And that, that's why, as somebody who comes from the left, when you come from the left, what are you? You are a person who is against authority. That's what being a leftist is supposed to be. Karl Marx himself said the workers must be armed. Somebody who is against authority. And then over the last five years, all of a sudden the left just gets in line. 
and becomes phony synthetic leftists. Well, no, there's still some true leftists out there. Oh, they're, they're out there. They're like out Jimmy there. Dore but they're silenced. Like that, but like, they're silenced. They're harder to find. They exist. They're still out there. But then, like, the, the the fact that over the last five years that, like, leaning more to the right is now all of a sudden punk rock. Really? How right. do you not? How do you not see this? How do you not see right. that like being right wing is punk rock now? That's that's not supposed to happen. That wasn't supposed to happen in 2002 when I when I was shitting on George Bush. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this how did I don't know how we got here? I really don't. I could probably break it down. We could probably figure out how we got here, but it is it is it is so frustrating to me. The people that, people that call themselves of the left are so conformist. That's uh, that's our show. Pretty much it. That's the show. We didn't get to my topic tonight, but that's all right. We can save it. Absurd of podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. My sixty-seven Corvette. Our website is libsertiveshow.com. We can be found at Libsertive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libsertivepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at libsertivepodcasts. And you can reach out directly at libsertivepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Subscribe yesterday. Yeah. And we have, we're going to be on back on a normal schedule next week, right? Next Wednesday. Oh, my God. Wait real quick before we go. Oh boy. Um Trump's mugshot just got released. The real one or is it another fake one? I think it's the real one. Bell, you try to find it to uh to I I'm about to share it, but I need you to verify that this is real and verify that this it's is not out a yet. photo. It's not out yet. It's not real. I don't well, know so- yet. Oh, it's about to be released. How long are we going to have to sit here? Um, no, I, he just it was I an just hour ago. He went to Fulton County Jail and was released twenty minutes after he went Why? in there. But they, did, Corvette. <laughs> they did take a picture. Oh my God! I keep clicking buttons and all Zoom is opening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We might have to save this, Corey. Uh, no. No. It's just... No. So, for the listeners at home, right now, Zoom is deciding to install updates for some stupid fucking reason. <laughs> and I can't look at my shared screen. <laughs> All right, here. Window. It's coming. Here it comes. Just wait. Just wait. Stick with us. <laughs> there it's it is. Coming up. Is that real? That's it. Apparently. No. Looks so pissed. I haven't no, seen that one. That one might be it. If re- what does the badge at the top left say? I can't see. It does say Fulton County. Does it? Yeah, it's the same as all the other ones. It's the same. That's what I say. Bell, just Google uh, Trump, Trump mugshot. That's literally I what I did. Is this popping up? No, I don't know if that's real, man. 
Yeah, no, there's a couple of them. Like if you click Google Images, there's a couple of them that are literally look just like that. With that are clearly top. fake. Yeah. yeah. A fake mugshot of Donald Trump circulating on August 24th, 2023. Yes. This is a fake. No, fake. That's this fake. This one's fake. Yeah. yeah. There's no mugshot out yet. You tried, Trust Corey. Me. Uh, Trust you me, tried. you'll see it. It'll be in your face. No, dude. It. Right now, Daily Mail. Donald Trump mugshot released. Former president surrenders in Georgia. Yeah, they, and then they came out and said that there's uh, fake pictures of his mugshot being circulated. Dude, I don't know. Here's how I know it's fake. Tell Come me. On. There's no, uh, there's no, dude, that's fake. There's no shadow. Like, look at all the, oh, look at all the rest of them. Giuliani's has a shadow. Jenna Ellis's has a shadow. It's fake. Okay. One of our listeners sent that to me. Oh, there is actually a little bit of a shadow. NBC News. News articles. That's where I'm seeing it too, but. Oh, the, the one on NBC is fake. Yeah, and that's the one you popped up. All right, maybe it is real. I don't. Yeah, this. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Because it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. Eight minutes ago, NBC News. Washington. Do we meet the press? That's it. (laughs) This is from NBC News. (laughs) This photo is from NBC News. All right, maybe it is real. My '67 Corvette. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? I don't don't even care. Look Whether it's you fake know, or real, I don't care. I was ex- I was expecting him to like do some bullshit smile or something like that, but he just looks pissed. He looks like he got punched in his eye, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, Whatever. it looks like it looks like two pictures put together. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, uh, Marissa just said all the news articles are showing that one. Yeah, I don't know. And that one, that one might be it. Kyle there was Wayne, a shit ton of fake, fake ones popping out. There's a lot but of I, so I think so we were all also Kyle we were all sitting here thinking like Dan just said he thinks that's the fake one but I had one of our listeners send it to me and it's someone who wouldn't just send me bullshit and this is what NBC, NBC News is sharing no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no I won't I don't I like know. to just if, if, like if our listeners want their name dropped they let me know you know it's, I know I'm kidding man <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, huh? <laughs> For Bell the Body Snatcher, he's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dad Griffin. He's yeah. been conservative. And we are out of here. We the people cannot stand that.